With Siata Dishmaya, let's continue in our lessons. And this uh, Shiorim is dedicated to the complete Refuah Shalema, Refuah Haguf of our Rav Hagayon, Rabbi Yaakov Ben Gladys Hatun, Rabbi Yaakov Hillel, who needs a lot of our prayers and davening for a complete Refuah Shalema, Refuah Haguf. All right, so let's continue here in our lessons and we continue with the dialogue that we have here between the rabbi and the student. So the rabbi now says, before we go on, I need to explain to you a very important and fundamental principle with regard to what we are dealing with, the ways God acts upon the world and the laws through which he directs it. The student responds and says, what is it? The rabbi says, we see the laws and rules that God uses to govern the created world. These consist of the righteous attributes and ways that his awesome wisdom saw fit to create. It is through our perception of these attributes that we are able to describe him in all the many ways found throughout the works of the prophets. We refer to him as compassionate, merciful, and mighty, as well as the many other titles attributed to him. However, we must understand and believe with absolute faith that all these descriptions and titles do not apply to his essence in any way. The divine actions we describe with these titles do not relate to him in the same way that a person's actions relate to their author. A person's actions reflect his actual nature and capabilities, whereas God's actions are merely what his supernal will desired to bring about according to the limited level and capabilities of the beings he wished to create. And this concept has been explained at length by our sages in many places. So the general principle we must believe is as follows. We know beyond any doubt that God's existence is unique and that only he must absolutely exist. However, it is impossible for us to have any grasp whatsoever of his actual essence. Furthermore, it is absolutely forbidden for us to even begin to investigating the nature of his essence. Our sages have already told us, anyone who, del who delves into four things, would have been better off never coming into the world. They also said, do not search after what is beyond you, for you have no involvement with hidden matters. So the general rule is that anything the human mind can grasp or conceptualize is certainly not God's essence. Its true essence is totally beyond any thought or idea, and nothing that can be found in any of his creations, from the greatest to the lowliest, relates to his essential being. The most exalted level of perfection that exists among his creations is considered a lack of perfection with regard to God. We cannot attribute it to him in any way. We must be aware that everything we find in creation, good or bad, imperfect or perfect, did not exist until God brought it into being through an act of his will. And whatever he brought into being was only according to his own limited level, to our own, I'm sorry, only according to our own limited level and characteristics and not according to his exalted level and essence. And this is proclaimed explicitly in the verse, and to whom can you compare me that I would be similar, says the Holy One. So here is a, is a note, let's bring this out, that says, that a person's character attributes through which he interacts with the world are an intrinsic part of his being. They reflect his abilities and inner nature. In contrast, we cannot possibly say this about God's attributes of, of interaction. 
God simply desired to bring into being certain attributes for the purpose of creation. He could have used different attributes and even now he can change them whenever he wants. They exist only because he wants them to and they will cease to exist if he so decides. And furthermore, since we perceive each of God's attributes as having a defined form distinct from every other attribute, they can in no way reflect God's true nature, which is infinite, indefinable, and indivisible. Rather, they exist at the level needed to bring about limited, finite existence. And in contrast, every other existing thing does not need to exist and depend completely on His will. So these four things that all refer to aspects of the creation that are beyond beyond our understanding. So now let's continue here. In summary, God is totally beyond anything we find in the created world, imperfection or perfection. He alone has true perfection, since imperfection has absolutely no connection to him in any way at all. Our minds can have absolutely no conception of him and nothing that is within the realm of our experience relates to him at all. However, God wanted to create human beings and to guide them in order to bestow upon them some of his goodness and to grant them blessings. He wanted them to experience a revelation of his glory, which is beyond any blessing or praise that we could express, and to bask in the light of his presence. So therefore he made for himself, as it were, a defined system with which to direct the world with justice. It says here in the footnote that since God wanted to create the world, he brought into existence a complex and precise system of spiritual emanations, of divine radiance, through which to guide the world towards the purpose he desired. And it is this system of spiritual emanations that we describe when we talk about God's compassion, anger, or other attributes. Their exact relationship with God himself will now be discussed. And these spiritual emanations are the source behind all the laws that govern our existence in this world. And so now let's continue. And this is a system of laws that we ourselves observe and perceive all around us. And to do this, he created for himself, as it were, certain kinds of spiritual emanations and attributes. And it says here in this footnote that the term spiritual emanation refers to the divine forces that God uses to bring everything into being, emanations of divine radiance that give life to everything. These emanations are also the attributes to which he directs the creation and ministering judgment. And it and continues here and says, with which to run the world. He uses these emanations and attributes to guide the whole world towards his ultimate purpose of total good. As a result of this, we must say that these attributes are definitely God's attributes and the descriptions we apply to him. For example, compassion, merciful, and mighty do indeed relate to him. After all, he is the one who does all these things. And we must remember, however, that he is not bound by these attributes in any way at all. The truth is that all of them come into being through an act of his will and their continued existence depends entirely on his desire and will that they should exist. And he could have done everything without these attributes 
or used different attributes, even now he can change them whenever he wants. And ultimately God's will is in complete command. Nothing can ever hinder his will in any way at all. And this has already been fully explained in the, in the previous lessons. So we know that God's intrinsic existence and his simple essence are totally hidden from us. They cannot be grasped or understood by any creature in any way. However, through his actions upon the world, his glory does become revealed and we can have some knowledge of him. Anything we will ever grasp of God's existence is only through his actions, not through any other means. You must realize, nevertheless, that even though we can understand God's actions upon the world, we can only understand them in terms of their effects, what he brings about, not how he brings them about, the way he actually does things. Anything that relates to God directly is totally beyond our comprehension. We can only grasp that which relates to us, his creations. And therefore, even though we ascribe certain attributes to God, such as his knowledge, memory, thought, compassion, anger, and will, we do not mean to say that he knows as we know, that he remembers as we remember, and that his thoughts are like our thoughts, and that his compassion is like our compassion, and that his anger is like our anger, and that his will is like our will, and so on. Rather, he carries out all these actions in a way totally beyond our grasp, and outside the limits of our knowledge. Nevertheless, these actions reach us with exactly the form and characteristics that God wants them to have. Furthermore, God is not limited even with regard to the acts through which he brings about imperfections. He does not need to carry them out through a commensurate imperfect force. His actions are thus totally different from those of a human being who might want to bring about the same type of effect. Rather, God spoke and it came into being in a way that is hidden and totally beyond our understanding. Only at the end of the process are his actions experienced by us within the limits that we experience them. This concept is illustrated by the phenomenon of how God's voice was experienced in the Mishkan. Our sages commented on the verse, God's voice was with awesome power. We see this in Tehillim. Even so, Moshe could hear God's voice, but the rest of the Jewish people could not. And all this is a result of God's omnipotence. He can do whatever he wants to. He is not bound by any laws or limited by any rules or restrictions. Therefore, we should not in any way compare God's actions to anything we see in the created world, since the whole of creation is limited and defined while he is totally omnipotent. I have now finished giving you this introduction, which is important for a correct understanding of everything we are going to discuss. And let us return to the subject we are dealing with. The student now says, I have heard what you have said and agree with it. It is impossible to make sense of the world and all that happens in, a le in it unless one knows that there is a cause and ruler who is indivisible, elevated, and all-powerful, 
without any constraints or limitations. Without this understanding, there can be no satisfactory explanation of the many ambiguous and perplexing things that happen in the world. And to end with this footnote is that it says here that the world on our level seems unjust and contradictory. We can only begin to make sense of all this when we know that there's an infinite creator who is beyond any of the limitations of our imperfect world and that this infinite creator is guiding everything that happens. Baruch Adonai Leolama, Amen ve Amen.